Hello, my friend. If you're a pastor, this podcast is for you. Let's talk shepherdology. This is episode two of Shepherdology. My name is Dean Taylor, and Shepherdology is for pastors. I was a pastor for 25 years, and now I'm equipping a new generation of pastors, and I want to be a friend to pastors. Over the past few weeks, I've been spreading the word about shepherdology and talking with pastors that I'm with in their churches, speaking and in conferences, and I've been uh, talking about it a little bit on Twitter and sharing it with my friends on Facebook and my connections on LinkedIn, and just getting the word out. And I think some of you have been doing that as well, and I really appreciate that. I'm glad to see the downloads and thankful for the good feedback. And I'm really glad that you are listening here today because I want to be a pastor's friend. Now, one way that I'm doing that is to start each podcast with an encouraging truth for pastors. You know, pastors get discouraged. And I know when I was pastoring, I felt discouragement. There were times when it just seemed that pressures and responsibilities and the problems that come in ministry could really take me down. And one time I was especially wrestling with that, and I was drawn to Paul's second letter to Timothy, Second Timothy. And I found it to be very encouraging. In fact, I think that Paul wrote Second Timothy to encourage Timothy. And when you're discouraged, you can question your ministry effectiveness and maybe even your calling. It helps to go back to that initial call to ministry of God on your life and to remember that God has gifted you in specific ways to build up his church and to bless his church. And I think that's what Paul was saying to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. He said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. That term stir up in Greek is actually a combination of three words, meaning make the fire alive again. The ESV translates it fan into flame. The New American Standard Bible translates it kindle afresh. So Paul said, Timothy, stir up the gift of God, fan into flame or kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I think he was referring to Timothy's call to ministry that Paul and the other uh, leaders in the church had confirmed in Timothy's life by laying on of hands. So I think there's a message there for you and for me as well when we get discouraged. How do you stir up the gift of God? How do you kindle that call of God afresh in your life? Well, here are my thoughts about how to do that, and I hope this will encourage you. Remember God's initial calling on your life. Go back in your mind to the time when you became aware of God's working in you, leading you into ministry. Think about the the truths he used and the circumstances and maybe the people that spoke into your life during that time, and just kind of review that and think about it. And then remind yourself that God has given you certain gifts and remind yourself of what they are. And then think about how God has used them to build and to bless his church. 
And my pastor friend, God has used you. You do have gifts. And think about what those are. And even review how God led you to your current place of ministry. I know in times when I've been discouraged and maybe questioning what I was doing in a certain ministry, just remembering how God led me there uh, helped me to think about it in, in a right way. And then recommit yourself. So rekindle the flame, stir up the gift, kindle it afresh by recommitting yourself to living out your calling, using your gifts for building and blessing the church, and just renew that commitment to completely depending on God and on the Holy Spirit to use your gifts. So this is what Paul gave to Timothy as a remedy for discouragement, rekindling the flame. And I hope it will help you. God has called you to ministry, and he has gifted you for your role in his church-building work. So that's my encouraging truth for pastors here on Shepherdology today. In these initial podcasts, we are talking about a pastor's primary responsibilities. So, pastor friend, what do you do? How do you plan your week? When demands are placed on your time, how do you respond to those? You know, people in churches have expectations on you. They have ideas in their minds or what they might see as needs in their lives for what a pastor is supposed to do and how a pastor is supposed to help them. What about in emergencies? How do you respond to those? And then how do you keep your ministry responsibilities in view and on track? Well, we've talked about three primary responsibilities, and let me review them for us here for this episode. The first primary responsibility of a pastor is the ministry of the Word, his public ministry of preaching and teaching, as well as his personal ministry, and that includes sharing the gospel with unbelievers and discipling people in the church and counseling them with their struggles as well. So the first primary responsibility of a pastor is the ministry of the Word, and we talked about that on the first episode. The second primary responsibility is spiritual care for the people, and then the third one is leadership and oversight of the church. So the ministry of the Word, spiritual care for people, and leadership and oversight of the church. And we're going to talk about the second one today, spiritual care for the people of the church. A shepherd cares for his sheep. A pastor takes care of his people. Let me share a story with you. A military veteran, after being honorably discharged, decided to go to college. And he was taking a full load of classes. He had projects that were due he had been up all night preparing for a presentation, and as he was there in the uh, place where people gathered to view these presentations, he blacked out. He was taken to the hospital, and he was there on a Sunday. He and his wife had been attending a church in the area, and so he was in the hospital, and his wife was there with him, and the pastor of the church that they had been attending walked in. He had stopped at the hospital after church and before going to lunch. He just checked on them, prayed with them, was there about 20 minutes, and he left. Those 20 minutes of the pastor's time made quite an impression. It happened about 70 years ago, and the military veteran was my dad and his wife, my mother. 
and my mother still talks about it. You see, a pastor ministers to people in times of need, and sometimes it's just by being present. And we're talking about spiritual care for people in your church. What this looks like will vary depending on whether you're a solo pastor or if there are multiple pastors where you serve, depending on the division of responsibilities among pastors. But every pastor has this responsibility of providing spiritual care for his people. 1 Peter 5.2 tells us as pastors to shepherd the flock of God. What do shepherds do? They take care of their sheep. And the same is true for pastors. Pastors are shepherds. In Ephesians 4.12, we are told that Jesus gave pastors and teachers to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. The word equip there is a word that means to restore to a right condition so that whatever's being restored can fulfill its intended function. To restore to a right condition so it can fulfill its intended function. The people that we minister to need to be restored. Sometimes they are broken by sin. At times their hearts are broken because of the problems that they are going through, the challenges of life, the trials that they face, and they need to be comforted and encouraged and ministered to spiritually so that they can continue to fulfill their intended function in the church of Jesus Christ and fulfill God's purpose for them. Now, I want to focus on four areas of spiritual care for people. And the first one is fairly obvious, but it is the area of their spiritual growth. Their spiritual growth. Now, I want you to listen to Paul's description of a man whose name is Epaphras. Paul mentions him in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, some people think that Epaphras was actually an elder, a pastor of the people there in Colossae. And Paul was writing to those people. Epaphras was evidently with Paul. And he says, Epaphras wants me to tell you hello. And Epaphras labors for you in prayer. And notice the request that Epaphras made for those people, that you would stand mature and complete in all the will of God. Epaphras wanted those people to grow spiritually. He wanted them to fulfill God's purpose for them and for them to fulfill their potential in spiritual growth and in serving the Lord. And so he prayed for them. That's one of the ways that we can care for our people spiritually, and that is to pray for them. We can bring their names before God, intercede for them, for their spiritual growth. In fact, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12 is a great model for prayer for your people, that they would stand mature and complete in all the will of God, that they would grow that they would grow up, and that they would grow in knowing and doing God's will, in all the will of God. And Paul says Epaphras always labors fervently in prayer. So this was a pattern in his life. It was part of every day that he 
lived and ministered, even when he was away from them. And that's something for you to learn from as well, I think. How can you contribute to the spiritual growth of people in your church, whether you're with them or you're not with them day by day? You can pray for them. Now, that involves being aware of their needs. It involves being involved with them and taking time to be with them and listen to them so that you can know how to pray for them. So spiritual care for people involves care for their spiritual growth, and that definitely includes prayer. Uh, we've, we've touched on this when we talked the first in the first episode about the ministry of the Word, because uh, when you're with them, you can share the Word with them. So I'm not going to spend as much time on that here today, but just keep in mind that their spiritual growth is one way that you, that you care for them, and one way to do that is through prayer. Now, another time when you care for people is during the common joys and sorrows of life. A pastor goes when people are experiencing joyful celebrations, the birth of a baby, a significant birthday, an anniversary party, the graduation of the children of somebody in your church. We celebrate those joys of life with people, but we also spend time with them when they're sick, when they're having surgery, when a loved one passes away. We go to be with them as well. We spend time with them. And there's a term that is used of this, and I think it's a very helpful concept. It is the ministry of presence, the ministry of presence. This term is often used in chaplaincy work or in the military or hospitals, even prisons and care facilities and hospice facilities, the ministry of presence. I think it's a good term for pastors to think about and to keep in mind when it comes to caring spiritually for your people. The ministry of presence focuses on being present in a situation, especially a hardship or a crisis. You're not upfront speaking. You're not leading a gathering or a meeting. It is a very personal ministry to people. And sure, you say some things, words are spoken, but it's mostly about just being there. And you might not think of it this way. In fact, you might feel a little bit uncomfortable thinking about it this way. But you, as a pastor, represent God to that person in need, whether you're in the hospital or at the home of someone whose loved one has passed away, or you are in the hospice facility with someone who's near death, you are representing God to them. Now, you're not God, you're not Jesus, you're not a mediator, but your presence lets them know that God cares for them, and you can pray with them, and you can share truth with them that represents what God has to say. And you also represent the body of Christ to those people. Often as a pastor, when I visited someone in the hospital, I said to them, I'm here to bring you the love of your church family and let you know that your church family is praying for you. And that's so encouraging to people in those difficult times. Now, you may speak words of comfort. You may read verses of scripture. You might offer some guidance if that's needed during these difficult times. But my friend, a lot of times it's just being there. And if you've been a pastor very long, you know this. Now, we often feel like we have to say something profound or, or meaningful or provide an answer or offer a solution or point the way forward or preach a mini-sermon. I'm here to tell you there may be a time for that, 
but many times it's just being there. I read a very helpful tweet by Brian Croft, who has a ministry to pastors called Practical Shepherding. And here's what he said. One of the most important and underrated ways to serve hurting and grieving people is our presence. Stop thinking you are supposed to have some clever, winsome word. Just sit with people. Be quiet. That tweet by Brian Croft was very good advice. Now, yes, we speak and say hello and express our concern, and we might share a verse, and we will probably pray with people, but many times it is just being there. Just your presence is a blessing to them. So, our care for people includes a concern for their spiritual growth, and we spend time with them through the common joys and the sorrows of life. And then I would add a third area, and that is the severe trials and the suffering and the tragedy that people experience. So that kind of goes along with with the previous one, the sorrows of life, but there are times that are especially difficult and there are severe trials when there's been an accident that has caused injury or even death, Uh, when somebody has an emergency surgery or a family going through uh, one of their family members who has a a terminal illness or a very chronic uh, type of disease that just won't go away, or A family in your church is experiencing a severe breach in relationships with adult children, possibly even the breakup of a marriage. And these are times of crisis. There's great suffering. There's tragedy. And sometimes we wonder what to do. We don't know what we're going to say. But you know what? We go, don't we? We go because we love them. We want to care for them. We want to express God's love. We want to speak some simple words of comfort and pray with them. And especially during those times that extend over a long period, we'll go back maybe every few days, sometimes every day or once a week, and we just spend time with them and encourage them because we are their shepherd. We want to minister to them. And then the last area I would say or circumstance in which we care spiritually for our people is through challenges in church life. Now, there are times when a tragedy strikes a church or a community. Uh, There may be a tragic death of a church member that everyone loves or an emergency situation in the community. There are financial challenges that churches face and, and setbacks in membership. There may be opposition from the community. There may be hostility toward your church. And these are challenges in church life. And a caring, loving pastor will want to walk with his people through these and speak truth from God's word and bring them before the Lord in prayer. And again, sometimes it's just expressing the shepherd's heart. I know this is hard. This is unimaginably difficult. We are looking to God for his comfort and his direction. And I'm here to walk with you through this. So caring spiritually for people. Pastor, this is part of what you do. It's a big part of what you do. And there's the big picture of their spiritual growth and praying for that and sometimes sharing truth with them. Then there are just the circumstances of the common joys of life, celebrating with them, and the common sorrows of life, the sicknesses and the surgeries and death, practicing the ministry of presence. 
And then there are times of severe trial and, and extensive suffering and an awful tragedy that's hard for people to fathom and comprehend. People are just in shock. And you just show up. You just express your love and maybe share some truth and pray with them and say, God cares for you. Your church family loves you. We are here for you. And then those challenges in church life, when the church needs to hear from you as the shepherd, comforting, encouraging, and pointing them to God's word, and just lovingly, gently leading them and guiding them forward. So this is one of your responsibilities. As you look out over the week, I'm sure there'll be opportunities for you to exercise this, to spiritually care for your people. Now, last time we talked about the ministry of the Word, and that might be your comfort zone. You would rather stay in your study and dig into the Word and prepare next Sunday's message. And you should be doing that. But you also need to care spiritually for your people. Spend time in prayer for them when you're not with them and when you are with them. Get to know them. Spend time with them, listen to them, and follow up, and walk with them through life, and guide them toward God's Word, and guide them in growth in Christ. Spiritually care for your people. Prioritize it, include it in your schedule. Pray for God's grace and strength to be able to do it faithfully and to do it well. Now, I'm going to end each of these podcasts with prayer, and I'm going to pray specifically for you. And today I'm going to pray that God will give you wisdom as you care spiritually for your people. Heavenly Father, Good Shepherd, Chief Shepherd, we come to you as your under-shepherds, and you have given us this responsibility of caring for our people, and we need your help. Father, I pray for wisdom for my pastor friends especially in difficult situations. Some may have people in their churches who are experiencing severe illness, maybe a terminal illness, or they're going through treatments, chemotherapy, extensive rehab. God, would you give these pastors wisdom and, and just perseverance to know how to care for their people and to do it over the long haul? Possibly they're, they're trying to work with people who have severe family conflicts, or there's been a tragic death. Help them to be like the good shepherd. Help them to know their people, give of themselves for their people, show compassion, and speak truth. Father, help us, I pray, to represent you well, to love our people, and to shepherd them. And we thank you that you are the good shepherd. You are the one who laid down your life for the sheep. Help us to be willing to give our lives for our people. And so I pray this for my pastor friends, in Jesus' name, amen. Next time on Shepherdology, we'll talk about the third area of responsibility, and that is leadership and oversight of the church. If Shepherdology helps you, would you take a minute and share it with a friend? I'm praying God will use this podcast to encourage pastors, and you can help spread the word. So let a friend know to listen to Shepherdology. If you'd like to get in touch, my email is shepherdologypodcast at gmail.com, shepherdologypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to my website, deanhtaylor.com. I try to provide some helpful posts there, deanhtaylor.com, or we can connect on Twitter 
at DeanHTaylor63, at DeanHTaylor63. Thanks, Pastor Friend. Let's get together again soon, and we'll talk shepherdology.